What's good, Rocky Peak? It is great to gather with you once again. Happy post-Thanksgiving weekend. And wherever it is you're joining us from, and especially if you're joining us for the very first time, special welcome to you. Welcome to Rocky Peak for our online services. My name is Dre. We haven't had the chance to meet yet. I'm one of the teaching pastors here, and I'm excited to be able to continue this series, The Blessing, with us together. So I'm going to invite you to go ahead and get your note sheet out. Go ahead and get your Bible, whether physical or digital. Get your favorite beverage, Rocky Peak, and I'm going to pray, and we're going to dive into our time of teaching. Let's pray together. Jesus, wow, I got to thank you for the beauty in that song that was just sung over us. I want to thank you, not just for the talent of the band, for Sarah Martinez and just reciting your word, for Sarah Bush and just her beautiful vocals, but for the truth in that, that you know us you know us at our, in, at our inmost being. You know everything about us. You've seen the good in us. You've seen the darkness and the sin, and yet you love us completely and ultimately. Jesus, let us find wonder and amazement in that truth that you know us, that you are present with us, and you continue to do your work at the core of our beings. And so as we continue this series together, as we continue to unpack, to explore, to experience what it means to live under your blessing as we open up your word, which is living and active, we know that you will continue to teach, continue to speak, continue to transform. As I often pray when I'm up here, Jesus, as the communicator, I pray that I become less. And I pray in the great words of John the Baptist that you would become much, much more our Savior and our King. And it's in your name, King Jesus, that wherever we're at, we all said, Amen. Well, Rocky Peak, this weekend, we're going to be continuing the series we've been in for the last couple of weeks or so called The Blessing, God's Pursuit of His People. And so the heart behind this series is that you and I, all of creation, we were created to live under what's called God's blessing. But because of our rebellion, because of our sin, in other words, to a large degree, we lost our blessing and lost our ability to live under it. And so if you look at the whole story that the entire Bible is telling, it's telling the story of how God is beautifully pursuing each and every one of us, specifically through the life and work of Jesus to restore our ability to experience and live under God's blessing. And so if you're joining us for the first time or if you missed one of the weeks or you just want a refresher, I want to invite you to go to our YouTube page or you can watch the messages on the app. They're all there for you at your convenience. But today, as we continue our series, as we come off of Thanksgiving... It's an appropriate and a perfect time to be able to talk about this concept of what it means to be a person who is genuinely thankful. And in fact, for as Christ followers, so many, if not all of us, would genuinely say that we are thankful for Jesus in our lives, that we are thankful for his work, we are thankful for his leadership, we are thankful for his authority and his transformation, and that is all beautifully true. 
And with that, we have a wonderful opportunity as we see the connection between God's blessing and our ability to be thankful. See, throughout this series, we've been looking at this truth that living under God's blessing it leads us to experience a radical internal transformation that God changes us from the inside out. And through that transformation, God's blessing leads us to a deeper experience, to a deeper encounters of his truth. And so this weekend, what we're gonna unpack together through our scripture is that by choosing to live under God's blessing, God will then lead us to a deeper experience, a deeper transformation of what it means to be thankful for Jesus in our lives. And he's gonna lead us to understand in a new and profound way what it means to be thankful for Jesus regardless of the seasons, the hardships, or the circumstances we find ourselves in. And we're gonna spend the majority in our, of our time in that psalm that Sarah beautifully read over us during that song, Psalm 103. So Rocky Peak, if you're following along with your note sheet, you've got a section titled, Thankful for His Blessing, and I wanna invite you, if you got a physical Bible, open them up. If you got an app, turn it on. We're gonna be going to Psalm 103 in the Old Testament, the first half of our Bibles. And as you're turning there, I want to give you a little bit of context for the Psalms as a whole. Now, the Psalms are the largest book in the Bible, and they are a collection of songs, of poems, of prayers from ancient Israel. We have 150 total. And especially if you're familiar with me as a teacher, you know that I often refer or go back to the Psalms. The Psalms are one of my favorite sections of scripture. And one of the things that draws me so often to the Psalms is because they are just wonderfully authentic. When we read through the Psalms, what we're reading is honest, raw, vulnerable diary of ancient Israel, where they share their accounts of the highs in their lives, as well as just wonderfully and vulnerably share their accounts of the lows that they face, as well as what it looks like to walk with God through it all. See, as we look through the Psalms, we see Psalms that are dedicated to praising. We see Psalms that are dedicated to celebration. But as we look at the Psalms, we also see Psalms that are dedicated to crying out. We see Psalms that are suffering and in pain. We read the words of authors who are going through the darkest seasons of their souls. In fact, if you look at the Psalms as a whole, the Psalms contain more laments, these cries of pain and sorrow, than any other genre in its 150 chapters. And the beautiful thing about it is that the Psalms, all of them are worship. Worship is all about authenticity. Worship is all about bringing our true selves before Jesus, our King. And what that does is it gives Jesus an opportunity to take our true emotions and to lead us to a deeper place. And through that, even in these Psalms of lament, we are led to a place of thanksgiving. And so specifically as we're in Psalm 103, this is a psalm that's authored by David, King David, slew Goliath David. And David actually wrote a majority of the psalms, over 70 are attributed to him. And his psalms range from beautiful praises and celebrations to deep, deep laments. In fact, one of David's most famous laments is Psalm 22, in which he writes, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? which is the psalm that Jesus quotes as he's dying on the cross in his darkest moment. And as we go into Psalm 103, 
This is a call from David. This is a charge, if you will, to be thankful because of who God is and what God continues to do as the overflow of his character. So get your Bibles ready, and remember, it's me, Rocky Peak. Get a pen ready, get your highlight function ready, because we are gonna mark this up. So Psalm 103, starting at verse one. Praise the Lord, my soul. I'm not wasting any time, Rocky Peak. Underline that. My soul, all my inmost being. Would you underline that as well? My soul in all my inmost being. Praise the Lord, my soul, all my inmost being. Praise his holy name. Verse two, praise the Lord, my soul, and forget not. Would you underline that? Forget not all his benefits. And so let's stop right here and unpack what David is doing. So this begins with a personal call. David is speaking to himself as well as speaking to us now today. And what he is doing is personally calling everything that he is. His inmost being means the totality of him as a person. And he is calling himself to be intentional to remember, to be intentional at being thankful. He's calling his heart, he's calling his soul to remember, to choose to be thankful about who God is. Now a little bit of context. Many scholars believe that the David that is writing is an older in life David. And with that being the likely case, if we look back on David's life, we see that this is a man that has experienced significant seasons of suffering and hardship in his life. This is a David that has experienced the hardship of losing family members, of losing loved ones to death. This is a David that has been, experienced God's promises but has had to experience the suffering of waiting far longer than he anticipated to see the fulfillment of those promises. This is the David that at times has lost his entire way of life and what has been normal to him. This is a David that has had to deal with some significant consequences because of his own sin, because of his own actions like murder and adultery, because of those times in which he took command of his life rather than submitting life back to God. And yet there's a recurring theme in David's life that we often see him come back to that even in the darkest seasons of his soul, even when he has, he has participated in a season in which he has forgotten God's place in his life, we see that he will choose to be intentional of coming back and remembering how beautiful God is. We see this recurring attitude in David that's gonna be reflected in the psalm that because of God, that because of Jesus, I always have a reason to be thankful. We see David model what it means to experience a deeper thankfulness. Now Rocky Peak, I explain this concept of an older in life David because these seasons he's experienced, well, that is amazingly relatable and relevant to us today, isn't it? 
These last several eight to nine months have been an incredibly trying season for so many of us because of COVID and everything that this pandemic has brought and what we've lost as a result. But not just that, for so many of you, Rocky Peak, this has been an incredibly challenging season dealing with what COVID has brought, but also dealing with hardships in addition to this global pandemic. And it looks to continue to be difficult as we move forward. It doesn't seem that there's a quick and in sight necessarily. And for many of us, as we've experienced, as we live, as we watch this weekend, what we tend to feel are a mix of emotions. We feel anger, we feel fearful, we feel sad, we're mourning, we're confused. And there's a temptation in that, that that becomes all we see, that that becomes the focus and our vision is locked. And the beauty in David's writing, the beauty in his attitude is this is a temptation he knows full well, he's been there. But in that, he relates and he reminds us that even in our difficult circumstances, we live under the blessing of God Almighty. We are blessed. And he will lead us in this beautiful song, that celebrates that because of who Jesus is and because of what he has already done and what he continues to do, I can be thankful. And so with that, let's go back to verse one. As David writes, praise the Lord my soul, all my inmost being, praise his holy name, Praise the Lord my soul and forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your sins and heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from the pit and crowns you, would you underline that, crowns you with love and compassion, who satisfies your desires with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagle. And so David begins in these first five verses not just calling himself, calling us to be intentional about remembering why we are thankful, but he gives us the reason why we can be thankful regardless of the circumstances because of God's blessing. That God's blessing is to gift an undeserving people. And hear this clearly, because of our sin, we were an undeserving people with forgiveness. The death and resurrection of Jesus gifts us with forgiveness. But David goes on to celebrate the forgiveness is just a start in God's kingdom. That through that forgiveness, we have been led into a radical transformation in which the blessing of God has completely changed our identity. He says that God crowns us, that our new identity, we have been elevated to now be a partner in the kingdom of God. In other words, what we're learning through this series is that when we choose to live and experience the blessing of God, when we choose to live under God's blessing, he transforms us to not just experience that blessing regularly, but he transforms us so that we now become a blessing and go out into the world around us into difficult circumstances to now bless others so that they may see Jesus as we now have. There in your note sheet, I put these first five verses in the ESV translation there for you to be able to read and reflect afterwards in your own time. 
But I want to just look at the beginning that, caps, that encaptures this heart of that we have been transformed to be a blessing in which it says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me, bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not his benefits. We have been crowned with his blessing so that we are now transformed into, so we can be a blessing. And David continues this attitude of thankfulness in verse six. The Lord works righteousness and justice for all the oppressed. He makes known his ways to Moses, his deeds to the people of Israel. Verse eight, the Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love, which you underline the entirety of verse eight. The Lord is compassionate and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in love. He will not always accuse, nor will he harbor his anger forever. He does not treat us as our sins uh, deserve. And can we stop right there and just say, amen. Thank you for that. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great is his love for those who fear him. Would you underline that? Fear him. We're gonna come back to that in a bit. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. And so again, David continues to model what it looks like to be intentional at, being a th at giving thanks, at being a person of thankfulness. And this intentionality is displayed in reflecting on the character of God, on who he is and how he acts because of who he is. And so he is celebrating that God is compassionate, that God is gracious, that God is patient, that God does not not deal with us in the way we deserve, but rather his forgiveness transforms us. It is a celebration of who God is, but again, the beauty, it's a celebration of who God is making us to be. When we choose to live under his blessing and experience his transformation, we can declare that God is compassionate and gracious. And even in our most difficult circumstances, we can celebrate that that is the type of person he is empowering you and I to be now. Whatever it is you're facing, whatever it is you're dealing when it comes to the hardship of your soul, the work of the Lord, the blessing that is over you is transforming you to be a person of compassion and grace just as our God is. What I love about this section is that it's an opportunity to see the power of thankfulness unleashed in our lives and through that unleashed as the overflow to impact the world around us. And I had you underline that his love is great for those that fear him. Now this idea, this concept of fearing the Lord is a very common concept, particularly in the Old Testament of the Bible. And what that means, it is an intentional response. To fear the Lord means that I will submit to his leadership. I will submit to his authority. In Rocky Peak language, it means that I choose to listen and follow. And as you see there, to experience his blessing, the requirement is to submit. Something Michael has been saying these last several weeks in this series is that one of the most important learnings of this series is that God's blessing is not automatic. 
We have to make the choice to live under, to experience God's blessing. Michael has been unpacking how there is power in what we choose. Last week, he talked about that wisdom is a choice. We will find it if we choose to seek it. And we're seeing in David's example, experiencing the beauty of God, experiencing what it means to unleash the power of thankfulness is a choice that we make by fearing the Lord. And he goes on. Verse 13, as a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Again, we see that. For he knows, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. Would you underline that? I don't know if in the last day or so you've referred to yourself that way, but it's important we keep this picture in our mind. For we are dust. The life of mortals, us, is like grass. They flourish like a flower of the field. Then the wind blows over it and it is gone and its place remembers it no more. But from everlasting to everlasting, the Lord's love is with those who fear him and his righteousness with their children's children, with those who keep his covenant and remember to obey, would you underline that, to obey his precept, which again is his authority, his leading. And so David is celebrating the fact that we're fragile. Now, I don't know if that's something that leads you to celebration, but again, he's seeing this in a bigger picture, that we are fragile, but in fearing the Lord, in listening and following, in submitting to his leadership, what happens is that as fragile as we are, Paul, the New Testament calls us jars of clay, we are then empowered by the power of the everlasting King Jesus. We are empowered to survive. We are empowered to endure. We are empowered to succeed even through the most difficult challenges in life because we don't do so any longer on our strength, but we do so on the strength of King Jesus. And then finally, as we go to verse 19, this whole psalm has been building to this wonderful crescendo. The Lord has established his throne in heaven and his kingdom rules all. Would you underline that? And his kingdom rules over all. Praise the Lord, you his angels, you mighty ones who do his bidding, who obey his word. Praise the Lord, all his heavenly hosts, you his servants who do his will. Praise the Lord, all his works everywhere in his dominion. Praise the Lord, my soul. David closes with an invitation to the universe, to all of creation, to be thankful to our king. And in that universal celebration, he invites you and me, praise the Lord, my soul, to be thankful that Jesus is king, not with an authority that was given to him, but one that he always had. He establishes his own kingdom and his kingdom defies earthly wisdom. Often those in power would view traits like compassion, like gentleness, like patience, like love to be traits of weakness and not how we win or get the job done. And yet what has David been celebrating through Psalm 103? That those same traits are proof of God's ultimate power 
because it's through his love, it's through his compassion, it's through his grace in which he sets what is wrong right, in which his throne is established, and in which he restores his people under his blessing. And with that, I just say amen, God, and thank you for your word. And so as we leave Psalm 103, what I want to do with the time that we have left is I want to continue to explore this impact that living under the blessing has on our ability to give thanks to God for who he is. And I want to do that by unpacking two truths that come directly out of Psalm 103. So there in your note sheet, you've got a section titled, A Deeper Gratitude. And your first fill-in is this, thankfulness opens our eyes to a greater truth. Thankfulness opens our eyes to a greater truth. So let's talk about our limitations. Fun, right? But again, we need to have an honest conversation, and I'm included in this as well, so that we can see the beauty of God's power in our lives. David gave us some vivid pictures that kind of point to our limitations. And one of the ways in which we're limited is in our ability to see in our vision that often, especially in difficult circumstances, in hardships, we can't see past what's right in front of us, meaning we can't see past the hardship or the struggle or the trial. And in fact, it's really difficult to do so. For many of us, depending on what you're going through in this moment, it's hard to see past the loss that you're experiencing whether it's the loss of life that you're mourning, whether it's a loss of relationship or friendship or family, whether it's a loss of your way of life, what had been normal or your comforts or your routine. For many of us, it's hard to see past the illness or the diagnosis or the medical issues. For many, it's hard to see past the financial hardship, the dwindling bank account, the bills that are coming, wondering how you're gonna provide for yourself and your family. For many of us, it's hard to see past anxiety, to see past the struggles in our mental health, to see past the depression. For many of us, it's hard to see past what we want, our solutions, what we think should be done, how we should move forward in any circumstance. And so what we need is a supernatural intervention. Not to ignore the reality of our hardships. Our God is not one that is in the business of ignoring, but to show us that there is a bigger story, a bigger vision, and a bigger work at play, that the hardships, the trial that we face is not the entirety of our story, and it's definitely not the entirety of God's story, but we can expand our vision on our own. And so David models for us that thankfulness is that supernatural intervention. When we reflect on who who God is, when we allow the truth of God's character to lead us to a posture of thankfulness, what the Holy Spirit then does is that he expands our vision so that yes, we still see our hardships, but we see it in a new way under the blessing of God, under the power of God, under the authority of God. We are reminded that Jesus is king, that Jesus reigns. And again, it is not to ignore your hardships, but when you wake up in the morning and your hardships are there, thankfulness is a beautiful reminder that Jesus is still king. And he reigns. And that expanded impact, that expanded vision 
that has an impact in our hearts, doesn't it? It's amazing, again, the power of thankfulness when it is unleashed in our souls because then it overflows. And thankfulness, that blessing, magnified by living under God's blessing, now has an impact on those very real and very difficult circumstances, both in how we see them and also in how we approach them. See, as I mentioned earlier, when our vision is expanded, we don't ignore our difficulties, but we're reminded it's a declaration. To be thankful is a declaration that this is not the entirety of my story that my hardships and my suffering and my trial is not the entirety of my story and it is not the entirety of God's story. There in your note sheets, I put Ephesians 1. This is a passage that, again, if you know me as a teacher here at Rocky Peak, I've often have gone back to, I've often put it in our note sheets, I often um, have have taught this because it's a reminder I constantly need in my life. And so I want to once again share it with you this weekend. Paul writes, for this reason, ever since I heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all of God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. Would you underline that? So that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened, another way of saying opened, in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. And why I'm often drawn back to the scripture in my personal life and for us as a church is that Paul has praised, he has heard good things, he has seen these Christ followers in and around the ancient city of Ephesus growing and maturing and he is celebrating that. He also knows that they face very real struggles and suffering and trials, both in their culture, both because of forces around them, both as they're continuing to learn what it means to follow after Jesus. And as Paul opens his letter, one of the most important things he chooses to pray over them is that they would experience more, that their heart would be open, their eyes would be open, and they would have a bigger vision of who God is because Paul knows that that will unleash a movement of thankfulness in and around them. Paul prays for more. And so that's the first truth from the psalm. The second truth, your second felon is this, thankfulness is experienced through being intentional. And that was this theme throughout the, the entirety of Psalm 103, wasn't it? That we are being called, we are being charged to be an intentional people when it comes to reflecting on who God is and experiencing the thankfulness that that reflection brings. And what we could say is that Paul, excuse me, that David in his Psalm describes intentionality as being focused on God. 
In fact, as I examine the scripture, I see two ways in which David calls us to be focused. One, from his intro, he calls us to have a complete focus. When he says, everything in my inmost being, get ready to praise, he is saying, it is not enough to have a half-hearted focus. It is not enough to have a 70% focus, but to experience God's same blessing, to be a person that is being transformed through thankfulness requires a complete focus, all that I am. And the second part of this focus that he models is an unrushed one, that we stop to reflect. If you were with us last week as Michael talked about wisdom he asked this question, what do you dwell on? Again, not simply what do you think about, but what do you dwell on? What do you spend the majority of your time in your mind just dwelling on, just thinking, just unpacking, just playing out over and over again? And Paul is describing intentionality as learning how to dwell in an unrushed setting on the beauty of who God is. And it's through this intentionality, it ties into the first point, that it opens our eyes to Jesus' greater truth. Choosing to live under God's blessing doesn't just happen. What naturally happens is rebellion. But to live under his blessing requires an intentional choice to experience the power of that blessing through thankfulness in our lives requires intentional choices. And so as a big takeaway from this psalm, much like David did Christ followers, especially in the midst of a challenging season, we need to rouse ourselves into action. We need to say to ourselves, wake up and remember who God is. And because of that, we can say where we are at, thank you, Jesus. There in your note sheet, there's a wonderful quote by Charles Spurgeon, who was a famous uh, British uh, preacher back in the 1800s, as he talks about this psalm, Psalm 103. And he says about David's first two verses this, memory is very treacherous about the best things. By a strange perversity engendered by the fall, meaning sin, it treasures up the refuse of the past and permits priceless treasures to lie neglected. It is tenacious of grievances and holds benefits all too loosely. It needs spurring to its duty, though that duty ought to be its delight. Observe that David calls all that is within him to remember all the Lord's benefits. For our task, our energies should be suitably called out. God's all cannot be praised with less than our all. And intentionality is how we give God everything that we are. Now, as we get ready to close our time, there are many ways to be intentional. We could do a whole long series on what it means to be intentional, and that really is a key part of this series called The Blessing. But what I wanna do is I wanna close with one simple, but what I would say is a profound way that you and I can choose to be intentional, to remember who God is and experience the thankfulness of that unleashes. And so there in your note sheet, the final section is experiencing thankfulness and your fill in the action step is this memorize scripture 
memorize scripture. Again, this is a simple step that will become such a powerful tool in your pursuit of God in your life. Again, I go back to that question that Michael asked last week. What are you dwelling on? It's what we put in our heads that's gonna impact the choices we make. It's what we put in our minds and in our hearts to dwell on that's gonna impact how we see and understand thankfulness. And so what we are doing through the discipline of memorizing scripture is that we are taking the voice of God, the voice of our king. Remember, I've often said that the Bible is not simply ink on a page or words on a screen. It is the voice of our king speaking directly into our lives. It is his voice and it is his truth. And what we are doing is we are putting it in our minds and in our hearts so that it is always with us so that we can dwell on God's voice. And when we learn to commit God's word to memory, it is a constant reminder of who God is and a constant reminder that regardless of what we face, regardless of the very real trials that are in front of us, we still have a reason to give thanks because Jesus is king. It is far easier to dwell on God when he's already with us in our minds and in our hearts. It is easier for the word of God to silence the voice of the enemy when we find ourselves tempted to forget who God is and to forget that we still have reason to be thankful. There in your note sheet, again, a verse I come back to often Psalm, from Psalm 119. Oh, how I love your law. I meditate on it all day long. I dwell on it. Your commands are always with me and make me wiser than my enemies. Would you underline always with me? And for us to be a people that can make the same declaration, a key step of intentionality is to memorize scripture. And so if you've never done this before or haven't done this in a long time, a key starting point would be taking a verse or two from Psalm 103. Read it again after our time and let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let him lead you to memorize a key verse. Or maybe a starting point for you would be a piece or all of Ephesians 1, what I put in your uh, note sheet from the Apostle Paul. And in terms of the mechanics, in terms of how, well, there's a beautiful diversity because we've all been created differently. This isn't school. You're not being graded. You're not getting gold stars on this. What we're called upon is to take steps and to experience what we're wired to do best. Some of us are gonna be visual, meaning that we want to see it and plaster it everywhere. Some of us are gonna be auditory, meaning we're gonna memorize best by hearing it played over or read out loud to us. Some of us are gonna to wanna to write it out. Some of us are gonna be community-based, that the easiest way to memorize this is gonna be by doing it with our life group or doing it with a spouse or a family member. The way that I've been memorizing scripture over the last year is that I highlighted in my version, my free Bible app, and I keep it in my highlight tabs, and every day I just sit with it, and I see if I can recite it out loud. And again, there's no right timetable. There's no this is the mechanic or this is the mechanic. As long as you are taking the step the Lord is leading you to, you are doing it right. 
So don't let the mechanics intimidate you or stop you from taking the simple yet powerful step. The question is, are you gonna choose to dwell on God's voice? Are you gonna be intentional to put his words in your head and in your heart? And so with that Rocky Peak, I'm gonna invite the worship team to come on out and as we close our time together, we're gonna sing a song that has been a song we've been singing frequently throughout the season at Rocky Peak called Defender. And again, it's a song that I truly love that if I hear it come on my shuffle, I crank the volume up high because if you look at the lyrics, it's just celebrating that God made them first move, that God healed me, that God is fighting my battles before I even realized it, and it's an opportunity to give thanks that that is our King that is with us. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together. Jesus, as we go into this final time of worship, as we've spent some time in your living and active word, we just want to say thank you for who you are. We want to say thank you for your compassion. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you that like David said, you don't treat us the way we deserve to be treated due to our sins. But you treat us again with hope and with gentleness and by empowering us to grow you treat us with your blessing. And so, Father, we have been living in a difficult season because of this pandemic for many of us, dealing with difficulties in addition to this pandemic. And we, want, we know that you hear our cries, Father. We will not stop crying out to you in sorrow, in frustration, in anger, in confusion, in anxiety, because of the Psalms model for us. We are safe to be honest before you. But we also know that in the midst of our very real emotions, we can still experience thankfulness because you are still king. You are still good. Your throne reigns forever. And we're now a part of that. You have crowned us to be part of your kingdom. And so Jesus, I pray that the Holy Spirit would be igniting a new fire in us to choose, to be intentional, to take the next step, not necessarily a giant leap, but the next step, that for many of us that we would begin slowly but surely to memorize your word, your voice, to put it in our heads and in our hearts, to be transformed by that remembrance of you and to unleash thankfulness in us and in the world around us. And it's through that King Jesus that we all say, amen.